Am I on? Am I good? Brill. Good morning, everyone. I just want to really um, come back today um, to our series on prayer, um, if you like. And um, we've called that series Awaken. And we're really praying and believing that God will just birth a fresh hunger in us for prayer through this season. And I believe we've seen that through the 24-7 prayer week. Um, last week, we paused the series to, to really allow Nick and Motti just to come and share their story and that God is moving them on to Seattle. Nick is one of the elders of Gateway. If you weren't here last week, I'd really encourage you to go online and hear what they had to say um, about their move to Seattle um, and about what Colin shared afterwards about our way forward um, as well. So I really want to pick up the series again today. And if you were here a couple of weeks ago, have we got slides? Ah, we've got the diagram that I brought up a couple of weeks ago. No? You'll find it. Right. Anyway, if you were here a few weeks ago, and you can remember, if you haven't forgotten a few weeks ago, I showed a diagram about how the Lord's Prayer teaches us that prayer is adoration, surrender. The Lord's Prayer teaches us that prayer is not just kind of coming to God and asking of him. Actually, it's a whole range of things that the Lord's Prayer teaches us. And I've spoken over a number of weeks, one on adoration and God being our Father. I spoke that week on asking God of things. And really what I want to just do today is pick up on the whole area of surrender. That prayer is actually a place of surrender. The Lord's Prayer says, here we go, surrender, the second box. It should really be the first box, shouldn't it? Because it's the first thing we can actually do. So actually about prayer being a place of surrender, that actually the Lord's Prayer says, your will be done, which is actually a posture and a prayer of surrender. You see, prayer isn't just, God, would you do X? Prayer is actually intimacy and conversation with God. It's the place we come to, to surrender our very hearts and our very lives unto him. It's the place where we surrender our will to his. It's the place where we allow ourselves to be completely dependent upon him and allowing him to shape every area of our lives. And so to do that really today, I just want to very briefly look at a couple of Old Testament characters and Old Testament stories of actually what they teach us around surrender. So if you've got a Bible, um, please do feel free to flick to Genesis 22. Um, if, you, if you're here and you don't have a Bible, uh, we have got Bibles, no Bible at home at all, please do grab a Bible and take it with you, a gift to give to somebody, then a gift of a Bible. So we're in Genesis chapter 22. If you know the story, you'll know that God calls a man called Abraham in Genesis 12, and he says, leave your country. I'm going to make your, your, your famous nation through you. All the people of the earth will be blessed. Um, and then the story goes on, and, and God says, I'm, he's promising this old barren couple a child. And they've gone through the, the mill, if you like, and it hasn't happened, and they've tried to force it to happen through the birth of Ishmael. And then God delivers on his promise, and Isaac is born. And we get to Genesis 22, where, where God asks, Moses, um, asks Abraham to do something that is so shocking to our ears, where he says, go and sacrifice your one and only son which as shocking as it is, actually points us forward to the work of Jesus on the cross. And I just want to read um, a little bit of this story. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled on his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. 
On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they both went them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb, the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So they both went of them together. And if you know your Bible, you'll know that, that Abraham is obedient. And at the point where he's going to strike, the angel comes down and says, do not touch my beloved son. Do not touch my beloved son. And Isaac is spared, and, and Abraham and Isaac go on from this place. But I just want you to notice what happens in verse 1 and 2 particularly. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, okay, this is a, God said to him, Abraham, and he said, and Abraham's response is this, here am I. I want you to take note of that expression as we just flick ahead to look at Exodus chapter 3, the next book of the Bible. We're just going to look at three very quick stories to show the consistency in the response of the heart of God's people. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was, not, was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why is the bush not burnt? When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush. And he said, here I am. You see, God calls Abraham, and he says, here am I. God calls Moses, and he says, here I am. And Abraham had no idea what God was going to ask him to do. Moses had no idea what God was going to ask him to do. God called them, and the immediate response of their heart, without knowing what or where or how God was going to use them, was this, here I am. And isn't it fascinating to note that in these two stories, and if you look at other parts of the Bible, like 1 Samuel, which we're not going to go into this morning, exactly the same thing happens. God speaks to Samuel, and Samuel's immediate response is, here I am, and then God commissions him and tells him he's going to be a prophet over would ask. None of them knew where God would take them. None of them knew what God would have them do. And in each case, what God asked of them was incredibly sacrificial and costly. Abraham was asked to sacrifice his only son. Moses was asked to lead the people of God out of slavery into, uh, into the promised land. Samuel was told that Eli and his worthless sons were going to face judgment, and he had to go and tell that to Eli. Without knowing what God was going to ask of them, when God called, they made themselves available to the purposes of God. They surrendered their hearts to God. They ushered what I believe is a simple prayer, which was this, here I am. And I think that sets a model and a template for how we're to respond to God's calling and God's leading in our lives. You know, so often I believe that we, what's fascinating, if there's a, I think there's a little diagram that says God calls, 
The people respond, and then he commissioned them to go and do something. But so often, I think we get it the wrong way around. We say, God, what will you have me do? And then I'll give you my heart. I want to know, God, where you're going to take me, what's my ministry, what's going to happen, where will I end up being? And then I can say, yeah, here already surrendered to me. Follow me, surrender yourself to me, and see how I use you in the kingdom. So often I think we like to know the big plan for our life, the ministry, the calling, the commission, and I know God uses and God speaks to us and he sends us to different places and he calls us to different people groups. But so often through scripture that happens to people whose hearts have already said, here I am, God, use me. Do you know, I believe that the, when God says to Moses, when he says to Abraham, when he says to Samuel, he says those names, when their response is, here I am, that is a cry of surrender. It's a cry of saying, I'm here, God. I'm available. I'm responding to your call. I'm making myself available to the purposes of you, and I'm ready to serve you whatever the cost, without knowing where you might go. And I think those three stories are intended to show us something about what it means to respond to God in our own lives. That God is calling each of you. He's calling you. And he's saying the response of your heart he's looking for is, okay, God, here I am. Would you use me? No strings attached. No conditions. I'm here. I'm available to you. I'm responding to your call. I want to be used by you. But here I am. And my challenge really this morning and my provocation is this. What is the posture of your heart towards God this morning? Is it one of saying to God, I may go, what it may look like, how it may end up, through good and through bad, through ups and through downs, God simply, the cry of my heart is a cry of surrender of three words. Here I am to you. I'm making myself just available to you in whatever way you will have me to be used. Or do we put conditions on it? God, here I am, but please don't ask me to move there. Here I am, but please don't ask me to give away all my money. Here I am, but please don't take me somewhere else. Here I am, but please don't change my job. Or is the posture, God, I'm here. I'm ready. Would you use me? That's the cry of surrender. I just want to very briefly look at a couple of things about how do we cultivate a surrendered heart. Because I don't know about you, but my heart often drifts towards self-sufficiency, towards being in charge of my own destiny. I need to be reminded, saying, God, I want to surrender everything to you day by day. You see some in culture. I don't know if you know, but we don't live in a neutral culture, which is trying to lead us towards God. We live in a culture where everything is trying to push us towards the gods of this age, of comfort and security and wealth and reputation, etc., etc. We live in a culture which is pushing us to worship those things and to actually be able to cry out to God, here I am, means we're going to have to swim the other way and swim upstream. It means being intentional and not just getting swept in the current. You know, if you're swimming in a river, and you can feel the current taking you, you either just go let yourself be taken, or you say, no, I'm not going that way. I'm going to swim upstream. And that takes discipline. And it takes hard work. If you're not swimming upstream, you're being swept in the, in the current of culture. And I don't mean that to be negative against culture. I love the world that we live in. God has called us to redeem it, but it's not neutral. 
That's why we're in a battle. That's why it's warfare. That's why we need to pray, because it's not a neutral battle that we're in. We're swimming upstream against the tide of culture, saying we want to go this way, but culture is trying to sweep us this way. So surrender will require intentional swimming upstream into the purposes of God. Surrender is also daily. Do you know what? Surrendering your heart is never a one-time deal. There is a moment when we surrender our lives to Jesus for the first time, and then every day from that moment on is a, is a day we get the choice to surrender our very lives to him, to say to him, and learning to say to God over and over again, here I am, is beautiful and joyous and costly and sometimes very painful. It's never an easy road, but it's a beautiful and joy-filled and God-glorifying way. Do you know Abraham, by the time he gets to Genesis 22, I think he's learned what it looks like to say yes to God. Because in Genesis 12, God says to him, leave the land and go to the place that I will show you. He didn't know where he was going. And Abraham had learned obedience. And he learned obedience. And then by the time he gets called to sacrifice his only son, he's learned what it looks like to follow the leading of God. Not perfectly. We know what happens with him and Hagar and Ishmael. He's not perfect. But I think Abraham has learned that the surrendered heart is one that's surrendered day after day after day. And my prayer, my encouragement to you this week is when you wake up, why don't you say to God, God, here I am today. Where I go, whatever I do, whatever position I find myself in, today, here I am. Would you use me for your glory? And finally, surrender is so often small and unassuming. Do you know what? I often think that we love to look for the big, for the surrender will actually look like laying down your life in incredibly small and faithful ways that are God-glorifying and are wonderful. It may very well look unimpressive to the world, but faithful daily surrender in the small decisions demonstrates a heart that is surrendered unto God. You see, faithful surrender will look like generosity day by day. It will look like faithfully serving in your family or in this church community. It will look like befriending somebody on your street who is lonely. It will look like honoring God in the workplace. It will look like other ways as well. It will look like giving things up for the kingdom. But so often, surrender is a small step day by day. And what will happen, you'll learn, if you learn day by day by day to surrender your heart to God, when the call of God comes to go and leave your place or leave your job or go to this mission field, the posture of your heart will be one of, yes, God, here I am. Because you'll have learned day after day after day in the small what faithful surrender looks like. D.L. Moody said this once, many of us are willing to do great things for God, but few of us are willing to do small things. And I love that quote because I think the reality is that for most of us, for most of our lives, surrender is being faithful in the things you face every single day. And it's saying, God, I want to honor you in this situation, in my family, in the church community. I'm just going to go towards the situations that I see. I'm going to befriend someone. I'm going to, I'm going to love the neighbor on my street that no one likes. I'm going to take that annoying kid at school. I'm going to be, I'm going to be kind and show compassion to them. And as we do that, as we learn to cultivate that, and I... I just want us to think about those things, that actually our lives are made up of a series 
of often very small and seemingly insignificant decisions that actually demonstrate whether our hearts are surrendered to him or otherwise. It's off. We, we, we love to look for the impressive. We look at the famous missionaries that went to unreached people and we go, weren't they surrendered? And God says, how can you surrender your life today in your workplace, in your family, in your street? How can you surrender your heart by serving your spouse or serving your children or serving your neighbor who lives down the road? And he says, that demonstrates a heart that is surrendered over and over again. And I just want to read this quote from Dirty Glory, which we've quoted a lot over recent weeks. It should come up on the screen. It says, we tend to assume that the greatest risks in life await those zealots who pick up their crosses, pack their bags, and abandon themselves to the call of the 24-7 prayer movement, have taught me something else. Saying no to the Holy Spirit is a far more dangerous than the alternative. By saying no to God's leadership in your life, you will miss out on the actual reason you were born. When you become a Christian, you take your first step out of futility and into your destiny. When you keep surrendering your life to the Lordship of Jesus, saying yes to what he says yes, you look around one the places he has taken you, and the person he is enabling you to become. If God is asking you to change your career, or to end an unhealthy relationship, or to stop, I think it's to stop something, or to, stop, or to befriend someone in your street, or to quit your job, or to start a prayer room, or to accept singleness, or to admit a problem, or to go to another place, the wisest and safest thing you can probably do is say yes. Surrender, I believe, is swimming intentionally upstream. It's a daily sacrifice. It's often in small and unassuming ways. But I want to finish with this. What will cultivate and sustain a surrendered heart over a lifetime is getting a glorious vision of Jesus and who he is and fixing your gaze and your love and your affection and your attention onto Jesus Christ. If you want to know how to cultivate a surrendered heart, fix your eyes on Jesus and learn what it looks like to love him and give your all to him. You see, Abraham and Isaac, Moses, Samuel, they were giants in the kingdom of God. But do you know what? Jesus is the better Abraham, who left the call, of, who, who followed the call of God from heaven, and who came down. He's the better Isaac, who was truly sacrificed on the wooden cross on the Mount of Moriah. He's the better Moses, who leads his people out of spiritual slavery to sin and into freedom. He's the better Samuel, who is the message of God. He doesn't just carry the message of God. He is the very message himself. He is the one who doesn't just say, here I am. He is the I am. Amen. He doesn't just say, here I am. He is the I am. He's the one who, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he could have called down legions of angels, he prayed the greatest prayer of surrender, Yet not your will be done, but mine, he said. He crossed the cosmos. He undid the effects of the fall. He's won salvation for you and for I. He's redeemed us and he's reconciled us. If you want to know how to cultivate a surrendered heart to God, fall in love with Jesus. And fall in love with Jesus over and over and over again. This is not some moral lesson this is a lesson in learning how to love Jesus and fix your gaze upon him. I wonder if the band could come up. We're going to come back into a time of just singing and responding to God this morning. I wonder if we could just stand, if that's okay, if you're comfortable, if you're able.
If you want to just close your eyes or hold your hands out or whatever you feel is an appropriate response or you might want to kneel or sit, whatever, it doesn't really matter. This is an issue of the heart. What Abraham and Moses and Samuel modeled to us, I believe, is a surrendered heart. And I just want to say to you this morning, if you're here and you're young in years, there is nothing greater than to surrender your heart when you're young, which sets the course of your life for the rest of your days. If you're here this morning, you have the privilege of saying today, I set my course for you today, King Jesus. I'm surrendering to you today. Here I am. My, let my life be about you. I just want to say that if you're young here, you can define if you're young or not. That's fine. <laughs> but why not today set the course? And maybe you're here and you think, I've never, ever surrendered my heart to Jesus. I've never said, Do you know what? I've, God's called me. I know he's spoken to me. I know he's real. But I've never actually said to him, okay, I'm responding to you. Then today is a day that you can accept Jesus into your life. Maybe for the first time. We're just going to go into a time of singing but really my, my heart in this, and maybe we might respond and pray, is that we would individually say, here I am to you, Lord. I'm fixing my gaze upon you. I'm setting my trajectory towards you. Would you help me to lay down the things of this world? If you know this morning you want to just put that, if you want to cry out that prayer of surrender, why don't you just put your hands up as a sign of surrender? It's actually a position of surrender to God anyway. And just say to him this morning, here I am. I want to surrender to you. Would you use me? But most of all, my heart is totally surrendered to you.